Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 8, Episode 3. This is Writing Excuses, talking about pets. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry, sorry. Woof, woof. (laughs) (laughs) Who's distracted by the small dog. (laughs) (laughs) This is Mary's suggested podcast. Um, We call it pets because it's pithy, but really what we're going to be talking about is animals um, in your fiction, different ways that you use them, and how to make them characters when they're not sentient. Obviously, sentient, animalistic people are a completely different thing. That's, a, that's aliens. We're talking about how do you make your or horse... furries. Come on. Yes. Okay. Or furries. Yeah. <laughs> how do you make your horse in a fantasy novel have its own personality? Exactly. And, and actually, one example of this, um, although this is a sentient character, uh-huh. is if you look at uh, John Scalzi's uh, Fuzzy Nation, mm-hmm. the difference between the way the fuzzies are handled at the beginning when they appear to just be animals right. and the way they are handled later when it's clear that they are sentient is, I think, fairly instructive. Because, okay. uh, and, and also looking at the dog, um, shoot, whose name I've forgotten. Is the dog Fred? Anyone remember? I don't remember the name of the dog, but he has a dog and the dog does have a personality that is has, distinct mm-hmm. from... Yes, a very distinct personality and, and is clearly a non-sentient character but is very much a character. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I that interested me about that was that the times that I have tried to have, you know, the animal sidekick, mm-hmm. um, it's really difficult to continue to remind the reader that the character is there because frequently they aren't adding anything to the plot. Right. It's not like they can contribute exposition. Mm-hmm. You don't want the, you know, the lassie runs into the room. Mm-hmm. Timmy's fallen down a well? Yeah. Or been in trouble so now I have to outside? change my current work in progress. Sorry about yeah. that. Um, no, um, and I think that an, another thing Carl to be aware of... is the dog. Sorry. <laughs> bothered me. <laughs> it feels like there are cliches that there can be stereotypes mm-hmm. of animals, and they may be even more stereotyped in fiction. Like, when if you've had a pet, those of you who've had a pet, they really do have personalities, mm-hmm. and this dog is very different from that dog. And yet I have a feeling that in fiction, looking at my own fiction um, and looking at other people's fiction, we tend to just make the dog the dog, and right. dogs have mm-hmm. a certain personality. Yeah. You know what, let me... Uh, uh, it, if you've got, you've got a character who needs to have a navel-gazing scene, mm-hmm. okay? Um, the time that I spend with our cat... 
uh, is time where, you know, I pick up the cat and I pet the cat and I talk to the cat, but some of that is introspective. Mm -hmm. I'm having time by myself. I don't want human company. I want to talk to the cat. If you want to do a navel-gazing scene, but you don't want to do a mirror scene, right. have the character pick up the cat or pick up the alien fuzzwig or whatever uh -huh. it is and carry on some sort of a... Yeah, that's actually something that Scalzi does with Carl. Actually, that is a way to ha have the... Mm -hmm. Oh, that's how it. he takes the character who is all by himself all the time is able to have dialogue yes. because he's always speaking out loud to Carl. Yeah, which is what you do when you're hanging out. I have dialogue with my cat. My cat is one of those chatty ones. Right. And I just make up responses to what I imagine he's saying, usually based on, what do you mean this red sauce is not going to work with... Right. You know? <laughs> right. Um, and, and so that is, that is one way, as, you know, having pet as foil mm -hmm. is, uh, is a useful mechanism. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I, I I do want to get back to this this concept of figure out a personality, mm -hmm. um, and you know if it's an alien creature or whatnot, kind of you're probably best off picking an analog on Earth in your head and going and spending some time around those animals, um, and they do have personalities. Some don't. My fish never seem to have personalities. Right. Some people describe personalities <laughs> to their fish, but my birds, my birds have all been very distinctive, um, and you would think, oh, just a bird, but they're very different animals. It's, yeah. it's amazing to me. Every time I will, you know, be around a bird, how different that bird acts from my bird. Yeah. And spending time with the animal is important. But I caution you that it can be overdone. Yes. Okay. You can tell when you're reading a book that is written by someone who knows horses, for example, or who uh -huh. knows cats. And furthermore, you can tell when it's been written by someone who loves cats way more than I do. Right. <laughs> and I usually don't finish those books because it's all about how awesome cats are. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's, you know, and I don't mean to imply that their books are written by crazy cat ladies, but you, know, you can tell that kind of overbearing love for this animal type that just kind of gets old after a while. Well, and one of the things that's, uh, you, you don't have to proceed all the way to uh, crazy person with house full of animals mm -hmm. uh, sort of level um, you can't use when you're writing to me when you're writing a story that I'm reading you can't use shortcuts in order to tell me what the coloration of that horse is you can't say oh it was a this what no it was it brown and white is it all See, brown is it all white yeah I'm I gonna disagree too. I think saying that says the character knows horses better than I do I don't need to well, know. What I'm saying is that for me as a reader, mm -hmm. if you want me to know that it is a brown and white horse, yeah. if those two colors are important, you have to say brown and white. You can also teach me the other word. I'm happy yeah, but, to learn. But that is true for, for any jargon. Mm -hmm. well, it is, and, but I'm applying it to pets okay. and these animals because you don't have to be crazy cat lady level to know, oh, that's just calico coloring. Well, but somebody who doesn't know what calico coloring is needs to know what kind of an environment, depending on the story, this cat will be camouflaged in. Does that make sense? You know, I've got a tortoise shell colored cat, which when you say tortoise shell, you don't immediately think that, well, it mostly looks like a black cat. No. Uh, I immediately think that the cat has a shell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My tortoise shell looks like a walking pile of leaves. Yeah. Which, and so, excellent camouflage. But I, I do see what you're saying, that, that if... Um, 
you know, like any piece of jargon, if it is important to the story, you do need to expand it, yeah. unpack that for the reader, and don't make the assumption that their mm -hmm. level of understanding is the same but, as yours. But if it's not important to the story, then you can like say it's a piebald, and then not tell me what piebald is, and I will accept the fact that this character knows a lot about animals. Yeah. Um, I would like us to talk a little bit about the idea that our modern era looks at animals a very different way yeah. than most societies throughout history have looked at animals. Um, you know, we have little dogs we carry around in our purses. Um, yet, up until even even up until the mid twentieth century, animals had a very different role in society. Well, no, the little dogs that you carried around in purses yes. have been around forever. Right, they have been, but freaky, freaky things. <laughs> but no uh, offense, Sam Sykes. I know you love your pug. But I do think that he's got um, a purse pug. He does. Wow. Pug's a little big for a purse. But... Well, maybe not a purse pug, but anyway, point being. Yes. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a really good point that um, don't assume that you're, especially when you're doing secondary world fantasy or, or um, creating any kind of non-human contemporary culture, don't assume that the way we handle it is exactly the same. Um, so one of the things that you have to do is lay the ground rules the same way that you would lay them with any other magic system, with any other culture system that you you have your reader either interacting with the pet, comparing it to the norm that they are familiar with, and saying, well, this is different because, mm -hmm. um, or in some other emotional way to to set up the rules. Well, yeah. yes, there is that. I, I was actually kind of getting at the concept. For instance, um, Beasts of Burden. Mm -hmm. A society that had Beasts of Burden progressed culturally far faster than those that didn't. Yes. This is one of the major um, mm -hmm. cues anthropologically on our society. Those that could domesticate a beast of burden um, were, were much more likely to create an actual kingdom and empire rather than remaining hunter-gatherers. Mm -hmm. um, and having dogs to guard your, um, your, you at night became a major precursor in determining if you were, you know, the more infant mortality rate yep. and mm -hmm. things like this. Like, we don't understand the human interaction with animals, as how powerful that was into our, um, our progression as a species. And I think if you're d developing a pre-industrial society, or even if you're doing any sort of alien race or things like this, you really need to take into account how that impacted us so much that if you don't, if you don't look at that, I don't think it, it, it's going to fall flat if you don't consider it. You know, if you take, uh, you know, story seed idea, uh, human interacting with an alien, uh, and the aliens are a lot closer to their uh, uh, beast of burden roots yes. than we are, okay? Mm -hmm. And the human is is of the class of human that uses the phrase crazy cat lady a lot. Right. Not very close to the animals. A discussion between those two characters right. about the alien's pet yeah. can be fascinating yeah, and exactly. can be a huge, huge boon in exploring the alien society. I mean, it could be, oh, your cute little animal, my cute little animal, this thing in create, creates a side barrier that keeps the predators that hunt by seeking thoughts from finding my village. This mm -hmm. thing yeah. keeps us alive. Yeah. Yeah, this stop making, stop making yeah. fun of my lap dog. This yes. is how I don't eat poison. Yeah. Ooh, and also the interesting idea of one of those working animals that after the society has evolved past needing that, like the, yeah. uh, the, the shepherd dogs that right. go a little bit nutty when they do not have things to, sh to herd. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's stop for our book of the week. Um, Our book of the week this week is going to be Making Money by Terry Pratchett. Because I love Terry Pratchett. And there are those of you who are listening that don't listen to Terry Pratchett yet. And you are missing out. You really Um, should listen to Terry Pratchett. Yes. I recently um, read Making Money and loved it. Um, And Going Postal, I think, is now my favorite Terry Pratchett. And Making Money is the sequel to that one directly. The thing you need to know about Pratchett is they're all standalones. Some of them have recurring characters, but they're written to be read independently. And you look at this and you say, oh, there's like 50 Discworld books. I can't get started on Discworld. Yes, you can, and don't start at the beginning. Um, And so I strongly suggest pick up Going Postal or Making Money. Um, They're both delightful reads. They're wonderful, and you can get them. Uh, Head out to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. You can start a 30-day free trial membership and get Going Postal or Making Money from Terry Pratchett for free and get the other one for 30% off. There you are. Now, um, let's talk a little bit more about roles these animals could fulfill in our plots. We've already talked about the sounding board Mm -hmm. as a role that um, that animals fulfill in our plots. Um, What else are they doing? Well, there's also, you know, the classic raising the stakes by putting the dog or cat in jeopardy. Right. We have to then, as readers, the the way to do this is we have to make the readers care Mm -hmm. about this animal, usually by making the character care about them. But if you've seen the, the show Castaway... Um, this is where Tom Hanks is alone on yes. a, uh, on an island, and he bonds with a volleyball with a handprint on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel for the volleyball by the end because you know his emotional reaction to it. And there's a point where the volleyball is in jeopardy, and you—it's like his mother was in jeopardy. As a as a viewer, you're like, no, not Wilson, the volleyball. Um, and your job as an author is to be able to do that with. If, you know, if they can mm-hmm. do that with a volleyball, you can do it with the, the pet dog. Uh, another system or another uh, use would be um, early warning system. Okay. A lot of plot disasters mm-hmm. uh, you know, first come to the character's awareness when they see something or hear something. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got a pet in the room, the plot disaster now becomes apparent to the character when the cat or dog misbehaves, when the horse stirs, uh, when the alien fuzz gig, you know coughs up something unexpected. I don't know. Yeah, in uh, Libriomancer, Jim Hines' new book, he has a um, a f- flaming spider. I cannot remember the name of the actual spider. Smudge. Okay. And um, he This sets... is from the Goblin Quest? No, no. totally new series. I okay. love the series. It's uh, coming out, well, as we're recording this, it's coming out on Tuesday, so. Okay. Um, but anyway, one of the things he does is that the, the spider can sense when supernatural things are coming for him, when he's in danger. And it gets very tense and it, fl- it bursts into flame when it's nervous. So knowing that, he, right. w- he will put it in its cage with extra sheets of newspaper under the fire detector. Right. Okay. And it's, it's like an early, early warning, warning system. Early it's warning brilliant. System. Oh, okay. So it's an urban fantasy. It's urban fantasy. Okay. Yeah, that is cool. That's Ooh. great. But it's also it also gives him um, something to care about. He uses it in many of the ways that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. The foil to speak to, the the uh, 
yes. you know, thing in jeopardy. I would, I would say that um, since we're on the top of the pets, we need to bring up more, more than pets, animals. We need to bring up the idea that it's constantly leveraged, levered at fantasy, the problem, the finger that's levered at fantasy, which is not understanding horses. Mm. And I'm going yes. to admit, I'm one of those that doesn't understand horses. And you will notice a conspicuous lack of horses, um, except for the <laughs> hyper-intelligent ones in Way of Kings, which act, which I, I've, I've, uh, I've elevated. They're uh, um, all, nearly mm. human intelligence. They... Um, and so for me to make characters out of them and not have to deal with this, my normal thing is it, my characters don't understand it if I don't understand it. And if I can take the time to get it right, then my characters can learn about it. This put me in trouble in The Wheel of Time, where <laughs> Robert Jordan was a horse person. And I'm like, I've got to write the horses. And you know, there are far fewer horses in mine than there were in Robert <laughs> Jordan's. And I, I, I actually said to Harry, you guys are going to have to watch me on the horses and make the horses right. Um, horses are not... Bicycles or motorcycles. Mm -hmm. um, horse, and, and this is. Well, the wheel turns and one age leads to another, and yeah. whoa, all the horses are gone from the new world. What happened? <laughs> you know, one easy trick to start with with horses mm -hmm. is to make sure that they have names. Uh huh. Because all of a sudden, then in your own head as a writer, they become characters instead of objects. Okay. And so as soon as you name that horse, then you're more likely to describe what they're doing. They'll be more present in the scene instead of just, and then he parked his motorcycle and went inside, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I got here, and what am I going to do with Jack the horse? You know, I can't just leave him on the road. And so you, you, it, it helps you to yeah. keep that, all that in mind. Yeah, and also picking something that the horse likes and something the horse doesn't mm -hmm. like. Which, which are such simple tricks, but they will make it a million times yeah. better. Like, Carl the dog liked blowing up things. <laughs> yep. And, you know, simple, simple right. thing, but it gives him so much more personality. So yeah. And I, if you yeah. don't have personality things for your animals, go talk to your local crazy cat person. There are or, just as many men. And, crazy horse person. Or crazy horse, and say, what are some personalities of the different animals here? And collect a few of them, just like you do research on people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in Fragments, I had to have some characters traveling by horse for quite a while. So I named them all. And one of them, you know, has the personality of just the horse that wanders around. Every time they stop for a break, this horse wanders off and doesn't want to eat what the other three want to eat. And just simple things like that can help. All right. Um, Howard, you've already given us a writing prompt. Do you want to repeat it to him? Okay, your writing prompt. Uh, give us an alien uh, who has some sort of a companion animal that is very, very important to the alien's lifestyle. Maybe it's, you know, beast of burden. Maybe it's... Uh, as I suggested, a you know a poison right. detection, you know right. food taster, whatever. Have a human interacting with the alien, talking about or you know wondering why this animal is so important. All so, right. And I know we just gave the writing prompt. The, the I should have brought this up sooner. Uh, don't be careful about anthropomorphizing. Yeah, we should have talked about that. Don't make them too human. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that I would say about anthropomorphizing is it's okay to have the character anthropomorphize. Yes. Mm -hmm. But don't you, the author, anthropomorphize. Yeah. All right. This has been Right Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go right. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.